Welcome to the I Don't Give a Should show, a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why? Where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shooting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number nine. I am so excited to bring you my friend, Michelle Spaulding, today. As a feisty little redhead, I love that this is how you started out your bio, by the way. As a feisty little redhead, Michelle enthusiastically told everyone she would be a writer and a teacher and own her own business when she grew up. And then in her 40s, she realized she was actually living her childhood dream. Today, as a business alchemist, she passionately works with entrepreneurs, helping them to identify and transform obstacles, allowing them to create the life and business of their dreams. Michelle, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to share this space with you and all of those listening. Yeah. So what's fun for me particularly is Michelle and I have been friends for years and we've heard various aspects of each other's stories. But I've never heard her tell her story in the way that I think she's going to tell it today. And one of the things I love is I really love to hear the story kind of at the same time as our listeners do, because sometimes it just totally blows me away what's happening. So I think I'm as anxious to hear the story as anybody else might be. So Michelle, without further ado, can we talk about what life was like when you were living under the shoulds? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for asking. And uh before I dive into that, I, I have to pause for a moment because I do think that I've known you for the better part of 10, 11, 12-ish years. I might be and um, in all that time, you're right. We shared a lot of stories, a lot of other great adventures, but I don't think that I have shared with you, you know, what it was like when I was starting my business mm-hmm. and the shoulds as they relate to being a business owner. So in 2005, I got this crazy idea to launch a business. And I was in a space where I worked for someone else. I worked a lot of hours to help build someone else's business. But it was taking a toll on my family and my personal life. So I actually went asked that person if they would go into business with me. I didn't think that I could create this idea and run with this idea that I had and do it on my own. They thought it was silly, so I did it anyways. As there's the feisty little redheads. She's Wait, still hold alive. On. Did and... you just say they thought it was silly, so you ran with it anyway? Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah. my god, I love this so much. Yeah. So there's some shitting on yourself in life in general, but there's also the feisty redhead rebel. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes she takes the wheel and gets us in trouble, but most of the time, you know, we're okay. But nevertheless. I created this business and in running this business, we started off in my home 
And, you know, first it was me, then it was me and an assistant part-time, and then it was me, an assistant part-time and a full-time person, and then another, and we're all working from my family room. Mm-hmm. And didn't you know what it's like to keep your house clean enough for your family, yes. but imagine having to keep it clean for company every single day with three children at home, like a dog and a couple of cats. It was a mess. So to reduce a little stress, I thought the next thing my business should do is move into a commercial space. Okay. So that's what I did. I set out to find the perfect place and create this really nice office space and this office environment for us. And we moved into the office space. And in the very beginning, things were, they felt good. It was like, oh, cool. Look what I've done. Yeah. Look what I've accomplished, right? This is the success, right? This is what I should be doing to tie back into the shoulds. But it wasn't what I wanted. What I wanted was to be around more for my children. And that's why I left my day job, right? That was why I left my, my career at this law firm. Only to come and, you know, to then take my business and work it in an office and to figure out, like, to find out in the middle of, of all of this, like, I hated it. You know, it's, it's one of those things, like, I had built it. I had gotten it where I thought it should be, mm-hmm. only to hate it every stinking bit of it. And one night, everybody had left the office. I'm still there working late. Kids are home doing their thing. And I'm trying to catch up on work. And I had one of those breakdown moments where it's the ugly cry. It's like the cries that we had when we were kids, when our boyfriends broke up with us in high school, right? It was that kind of an ugly cry. But what I did in that moment after I got that out was I began to write down all the things I wanted to change. Oh, beautiful. I didn't know how I was going to do any of them, but I knew that I had to make some changes and lo and behold, an opportunity came for me to get myself out of the lease that I was in. And I won't go into that whole story here, but it came to me in this sort of a magical way, the, the answer to the quandary. And within about four months of having that breakdown, I sent everyone home and said, you know, we're going to figure this out. I have no idea how to run a business with everyone working from their home office, but I can't keep my house clean enough for y'all every day. I can't work in an office. So plan three, this is the one that has to work. And 15 years later, we were still doing it. What year was this about that you sent everybody to work from home? That would have been 2006. And, you know, technology was so different back then. This is what I love about this. That's why I'm asking because you're such an innovator. So first of all, somebody tells you your business idea is silly and you run with it and then you create a success out of it. And I can totally imagine how this idea of success means, oh, we've got an office space with a plaque on the door and desks and we look legitimate, right? And then it's so incredible to me that You allowed yourself, and I really want to emphasize this point for anybody listening, that you allowed yourself that ugly cry because so many times, and I'm sure you know this feeling, when that feeling, when that overwhelming feeling comes along, we want to push it away, right? Because so afraid sometimes that if we start to let something out, that it's going to consume us, but you gave yourself the space to cry and let all that out. And like, it allowed you to move past it, like got all that energy out and then okay, what do we do now? And I'm thinking about the people who worked for you, how much better their quality of life was to be able to work from home as well, which we know post pandemic, right? People really like not having the commute. Most people, some people really want to go in the office, but 
you know, I'm just thinking about the quality of life that you created for yourself. And then the boundaries around, I can't have you all in my house every day. I mean, just that, that innovative spirit. And, you know, we didn't have zoom back then. We probably didn't even have, Oh shoot. The name just escaped me. Whatever the old video calls were. Uh, Skype. We did, but it was so janky. It was horrible. Half the time it didn't work. Yes. It would suck up all the bandwidth and your internet. So yeah, definitely Skype. Yeah. So you make this change. Mm-hmm. And you're able to work from home and your employees are all working from home and you, you're now moving your business in a way that feels what for you? Like, what does this do for you? Yeah. You know, it felt empowering. Mm. It felt empowering. You know, it was like, you know, starting a business is stressful enough, but then starting a business and having a family to feed and a roof to keep over your head and all of those things and a team to pay, like that level of stress that comes from that, this felt empowering. It was like, for the first time, it felt like not only was I doing the thing, you know, my way, I was helping others to be able to do that too. And over time, you know, we grew this to 20 team members. Many of them I never physically met in person. Wow. But they all came with the same idea. Like they wanted to work from home and they didn't know how to make it work. And they came to work for me and we created a nice safe space for them to be able to do that. But I had no idea that was what I wanted when I started, Jen. One of the things that I would say that that I knew when I started was I wanted to have more freedom and flexibility. Mm. But then I got off track and went down the should path. Yeah. And then yeah. I got back on track and realized it doesn't matter what other people think your business should look like. Right. It's what you want it to look like. And, you know, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. It's how you feel doing the work that you're doing. Right. And I really want to point out for those listening who aren't entrepreneurial, who aren't interested in entrepreneurial, this is so relevant to whatever your life looks like. Yeah. This, this part about following other people's ideas of how things should go versus listening to what you want. And I think that's the big message here. I'm actually really curious, Michelle, how did this play out in your personal life as well? Or did it? It did. You know, it created a lot of different opportunities that I didn't even see going into business. You know, one of them was the ability to travel and to work from wherever I wanted to work. When I worked for the law firm, I took no vacation. I worked for somebody who used to have this belief system about business. And it was family first. And what that really meant was his family, then the firm. And then, (laughs) oh, here's a crumb for you. Enjoy that. Right. And so I didn't take a vacation. Like in the 10 years I worked there, I, I had one child who was in the hospital once I had to take time off for that. And another one I gave birth to, and I took time off for that. Beyond that, I think, you know, it was a day or two here and that was it. So it allowed me to take time that I never realized that I could take and and, and, and to work from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just literally had a client recently tell me that, that she was working through guilt for taking time off. Yeah. This is the insane thing about American culture, honestly, is, is that we just, we're here to hustle our way through. And even though we're told we have the options for time off, it's not always really encouraged. And so it's interesting, like the only time you took off was when a child was sick or you had a baby. And so what does that do for our spirit? If all we're doing is working, 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 no wonder you were craving freedom and flexibility. 
Absolutely. But you know what, Jen, that it did. And, it, and, you know, it took a whole nother unlearning over time was that's what I thought you did to be successful. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I'm also glad that you just called it another unlearning. Because oh, yeah. I really want people to hear that, that sometimes we learn a lesson in one way, and then there's more ways that we need to learn that yeah. lesson. And it's this, I mean, I kind of feel like the day I stop learning is the day I, you know, I leave this planet because exactly. that's us as humans, as we're evolving and yeah, that's yeah. what success yeah. looks like. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole other unlearning. So those bad habits of working those long hours of, you know, making everything about the business that I learned from that person I worked for, I brought into my business. And, you know, that was a whole nother, as I mentioned, unlearning is, okay, you know, sort of that pause that like, all right, line in the sand, we're not doing it this way anymore. Yeah. And I think, it can be about business. It can be about family. It can be about career, anything. When we know what we don't want, it's a lot easier to figure out what we do want and how to make those changes. And, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, I had this office space. I realized I didn't want it. I didn't know how I was going to get out of it, but I knew I didn't want it. And I knew if I just figured out what I wanted, which was to be able to work from home, the way to create that would happen. But it wasn't until I got clear about what was the most important thing to me at that time. Yeah. And it's beautiful what you just said. And I really, I, I keep like, I'm <laughs> sort of imagining we're pinning things. Yeah. In. Takeaway messages. It's the same for you, I would imagine. But when I get a new client coming in, they'll often say to me, I don't know what I want. Yeah. That's okay. You don't know what you want. That's a clue. When you yeah. start saying, I don't want to work long hours. I don't want to be away from my kids. I don't want to work on the weekends or that can then lead to, oh yeah, well, wait, this is what I want. I want a supportive partner. I want that, you know, just, you don't have to know what you want. And those thoughts evolve over time as well. You know, what you want evolves as you're moving down the road. Like you thought you wanted an office and then you realize, yeah. oh no, that's what somebody else told me I should want. Yeah. I think you had to experience that to actually realize that. Wouldn't you think? Oh, I think for sure. And I think that it also gave me a really powerful lesson on who I should be listening to. Oh, there's, there's a lot of wisdom that we we've acquired and we've amassed and that we, if we tune in and listen, like that can guide us. But, you know, I listened to someone else and their advice was, well, you know, at this point, your business shouldn't be in your home. Why are you doing all of that? Get an office space. Okay. And instead, you know, if I'd have, known what I know now, it would have been just, well, how can I figure out how to make them work from home? And again, that was so long ago, it was almost a foreign concept. And I got to admit, like when we first moved in there, it was kind of flattering, like for people, yeah. oh, wow, look, you're successful. Yes. Look and at I had to like really check my ego when I said, this isn't what I wanted and be okay with looking like that it was a step back. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. I knew it wasn't. My family knew it wasn't. My team knew it wasn't. But to the people that we work with and, you know, the people that were in our sphere of influence, it's like, oh, wait, I thought you guys made it to a place you had an office and now you don't? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Yeah. Trying so to really quiet those. What's really amazing about that story, though, if you think about it, like once you were able to get out of the commitment to that space, 
you were doing it how you wanted to, you were no longer paying for all that overhead. Extremely smart business decision. Like when you think about it, you said something I want to walk back to for a second and and I won't take this down a total patriarchal beat the crap out of it road. Oh, I can go there. I know you can. (laughs) Um, But I was thinking when you said you were trusting other people's opinions, you know, and I know that that is part of a patriarchal society is that women are taught not to trust our own judgment and our own inner wisdom. And so that feels very counter to that. But I wanted to point that out because that really is where our wisdom is, is is following our own knowing. That doesn't mean don't educate yourself. But I really wanted to point that out because we often second guess ourselves as women, really second guess ourselves and go look for outside opinions. I think there's a place for learning from others and there is a place to marry that with what you know to be true for yourself. And that just felt really important to say that, that some of that stuff that goes on, and I'm pointing this out to say to anybody who, who resonates with this, there's no shame in this. This is the culture we were raised in. These are the beliefs that were ingrained in us. And then when you start unraveling it, you're kind of like, well, crap, really? That's what, (laughs) that's what I've been believing and dealing with. I mean, I have a lot of those moments for myself and with clients where you you suddenly go, oh, okay. All right. Well, that idea was ingrained in me. I didn't create that one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing about it, Jen, is that at the time that was sort of like what happened next in a business. And I had to go and flip it on its head and do something totally different, which is, you know, partly why nobody came up with that idea. Yeah, it's innovative. It's risky. It's fresh. You know, it's much easier to follow the prescribed path in some ways, not, you know, for you, it wasn't easier. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, we've got these business gurus out here who say step one, step two, step three, boom, you'll be a huge success, which is just crap, you know? And if you're not doing your thing genuinely, what's the point? What's the point of doing something in a way that really isn't working for you? Yeah, I could talk on that one for days. But what I will say is that, again, back to like society and the way that we're raised, we're not taught to look at, and I'm going to ramble here for a second because I want to, I'm having a hard time articulating it. Do it. Do it. I think what I want to say is that. We're not taught that what we want is as important how others perceive us. Yes. So we may want to do our hair a certain way or dress in a certain, you know, way, but we're so conditioned to be like worried about what other people might think mm-hmm. that we don't take those risks and we don't trust ourselves. Yeah. And I think, I really do think that, that that's, you know, how we end up in those kind of situations. And it does sometimes take it a good old ugly cry to put that line in the sand, so to speak, to really just, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be this. So I will say this about what you were just saying. I read a book called Radical Awakening by Dr. Shafali, and it really blew my mind. And I'll mm-hmm. say it succinctly because I have it on a post-it note right here. And she says, women are taught the toxic three, ready for this, Mm -hmm. to crave the need for validation, approval, and praise. Absolutely speaks to what you just said. So I'm going to worry more about what you think about what I'm doing, because otherwise you won't validate me. You won't approve of what I'm doing, you know? And so that really is ingrained in us and it drives this. And so it was a very radical move for you to listen to yourself, to flip business on its head, And then it was very successful for you. Yeah, it was. And, you know, Jen, as you were saying what that 
that author, which meant I have to get that book, which what that author said, you know, the first thing that popped into my head too was as a woman, we're also taught to put other people's needs ahead of ours. Yes. Like that's sort of like the cherry on the 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 Sunday in what you were just saying, right? Yeah. Like I'll get mine later. It's okay. Yeah. Um, um, I can't remember where I read it, but one other thing I read was that really women, our worth comes from, this is what's taught to us who we can serve and how we yeah. look. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Okay, Michelle. Now yeah. you and I could go down this road a lot further, but we'll, I'll bring it back around this way. All right. Thanks. Oh, now that you have done this thing, now that you're no longer living from the shoulds, what does life look like now? And how does that influence the work that you're doing today? You know, it helps me to help people, the people that I work with. So for instance, I once had a client who came to me and we were talking about her business and her business growth and what was important to her in her business when she started were these two precious little boys that were able to get off the bus and walk home and she was there for them after school. She, like me, had come from a corporate environment and you know began to create this business at home. And then I asked her in the course of our discussion, well, tell me what five years looks like for you. What does success look like to you in five years? And, you know, much like me, she stepped into that. Oh, I'll have an office. I'll have this, I'll have that. (laughs) And I really just sort of let her go for a little while because I really wanted to see where it was going to take her. And I paused after she paused for a moment. I leaned in and I said, what about those little boys and mama being there after school when they get off the bus? And much like me, she had one of those ugly cries and she's like, you know, oh my gosh, I almost did what somebody else, what I thought I was supposed to do, right? Like what somebody else tells us we should do instead of really listening. But to her, she thought that looks like success and growth. Yeah. And I think growth and success are kind of two different things. You can have a business that pays the bills and gives you freedom and flexibility and affords you the things that you want in life. It doesn't have to grow every year. Right. Right. You know? So I would say that's definitely where it helped me because I was able to identify in that myself and her, right? And show her that. But I think the other thing that it has really helped me with is being able to say no and not really being afraid of saying no. It's not an easy one. I will tell you that one. Our inner people pleaser sometimes takes the wheel and not only do we need to tell her to be quiet, we got to make her leave the car entirely. Yes. yes. Then we get to ride in the back seat. But what I will say about her and all of that is that if I pause for a moment before I respond, I can respond from what I want, not the validation and the acceptance that I think I need from someone else. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. I talk to clients about that all the time. It's in the pause yeah. We get the chance to make a choice. Yeah. There's just that moment where when we're running on autopilot, we're not actually stopping to listen. And then we miss that chance. And so we're often just reacting yeah. instead of actually responding the way that we want to, giving ourselves the chance to take a second and think about, wait, 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 what's actually going on? What do I actually want? How do I actually want to handle this situation? That's a huge part of my coaching is working on saying no. And as women, people pleasers, typically, it is very difficult for us. So Michelle, I can imagine that women listening are like, oh yeah, I need some more Michelle. (laughs) And I would recommend it. 
He's kind of an awesome person to hang out with virtually and in person. I can vouch for both. So how could people stay in touch with you if they'd like to know more about you and just, you know, be in your sphere? Yeah. Uh, Well, there's a couple of things. One, you know, I do talk about my business journey in my book. You can definitely pick that up. You can find it on my website. You can find it on Amazon. MichelleSpalding.com is where I'm at on Amazon, online, on Instagram, on What's the name of your book, friend? This is my book. There we go. Glitter, duct tape, and magic. I love that. Yeah, because behind every successful business is a little bit of those three elements. You I know, think it's behind, shiny, it's messy. Yeah. And sometimes things just come together and we're not even sure how. And that's the magic. Seems like that would be behind every successful life, too. You know, we're just, you know, a I really believe it. here and a little sprinkle of glitter and some magic. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think we all aspire, though, to that glitter, right? We want it to look like I call it the Instagram moments, you know, and it's right. got to be this certain way and, and, and be packaged in this certain, you know, aesthetic and all of the lighting, whatever, you know what I'm saying, but that's just a fraction of it. Yeah. Sometimes it's messy and that's okay. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It means it's called life. Yeah. And Um, unfortunately for us in this world of social media, people basically only post the Instagram moments. So so when, when our life is messy, we think we're the only ones experiencing that. And that's, that can be really, really difficult. So we're here to tell you all that life is messy for all of yeah. us. Yeah, of absolutely. Us. Jen, I, I have to share with you. I don't know that I have shared this with you. So you get to hear this in the moment too. <laughs> Years ago, you and I were at an event together and I shared a story. Shannon shared a story and I shared a story. Both of us shared stories. And I don't want to say much more about it because I don't want to give up the container we were in. The, no, well, no, not that. The punchline or whatever in the story, the arc of the story. Nevertheless, this is my next book and it's a adult's storybook. Oh my gosh. How exciting. It's beautiful. Thank you. So it is being released in November. Fantastic. um, Available too. And I think that it kind of goes back to what my bio said, right, about being a writer, being a business owner. I used to tell people, though, it wasn't a business owner. It was I was going to have a shop because I didn't know what how to just define business, right? A yeah. business was, to me, like a shop. But I knew I wanted to teach. I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew I wanted to be a writer. And I didn't go to school to learn to write. I just wrote what came to me and surrounded myself with people who helped me tell better stories, challenged me to tell better stories. So I think what I want to say about that is that you should, they say, go to school and learn this, and you should do this before you do that. And, you know, I'm here to, this is my third book. That'll be my third book. I'm here to say, if your heart wants you to write, just write. You know, if your heart wants you to create art, just create art. You know, don't worry about all the things that people tell you that you should do. Just do it. Oh my gosh, that is a beautiful way to end this. Thank you. You don't need the shoulds of the formal educations, just follow your heart. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for being a guest today. We'll have all the information in the show notes, but michellespalding.com sounds like the landing place that'll take everybody where they need to go. All right, thank you for being here. Hey friend, if you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. 
Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life. Unless, of course, that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no. Have hard conversations and so much more. And you get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you're not ready for something like that yet, I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the relief right now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease.